guys, it's your host, Avery Carl with The Short-Term Shop. I am super excited to dive into our 10-episode mini-series on the Cascade Mountains in Washington State market. Super cool market, really cool part of the country. Wanna give you guys a couple of notes first before we get started. If you guys are looking for up-to-date income numbers or data or purchase prices on properties in these markets, you can find them at theshorttermshop.com. You can set up a search to look for properties in any of the 20 markets that we operate in. You can also sign up to work with any of our short-term shop agents in any of those markets. So if you buy with us in any of those markets, we teach you everything you need to know about how to manage a short-term rental for free. And you can do that at theshorttermshop.com. Also, if you know you want to work with us already, you can email us at agents at the shorttermshop.com and we'll get you set up with one of our agents in one of our 20 markets. We will, we have also got a Facebook group, short-term rental, long-term wealth, same title as my book on Facebook. If you guys want to just join us, it's 60,000 of my closest friends talking about short-term rentals and managing them and buying them all day long. And I believe that's it. And we can go ahead and dive into the show. Make sure to give us a like, follow, five-star review, etc., on YouTube. Instagram, Facebook, all at The Short-Term Shop. I'll stop talking at you and let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Short-Term Show special episode series on the Cascades in Washington State. A few familiar faces here to help us go through the episode today. Today, the episode is on setup, so setting up your short-term rental in this market. Doug, people are pretty familiar with you at this point, but please go ahead and introduce yourself for our new listeners. Yeah, I'm Doug Wolf. I'm the loan short-term shop agent in Washington State. And uh, yeah, welcome back. And if you haven't been back, been here before, nice to have you this time. All right. And then we also have the Comins, who you met on a previous episode. But guys, go ahead and introduce yourself really quick. Yeah. How's it going? Uh, I'm Bo Coman. This is my wife. Hi, Alyssa Komen. Uh, we're recent investors in the Ashford market. We closed on our first uh, rental property at the end of August. So happy to be back. Yeah, thank you guys so much for coming back. So let's let's dive into this. So we're going to be talking about what you need to do to set up your short-term rental. And I'll kick us off here because this one really, it, it pains me when people mess this one up. And it's really hard to mess up. But like, guys, when you're closing on a new house, whether it's an investment property or a primary home, you must, and I would not be saying this, and it would not be painful to me to have to say if this hadn't happened a number of times, you have to change the locks. Like you have to, you have no idea how many people have access to this house, especially if it's been on a property management company. Uh, a lot of times, I don't know how it is uh, up there, but a lot of times in my other experience, there are not actual hard copy keys. You'll just get the code if there's already an electronic lock. But in the event that there are hard copy keys and it's been with a management company, you don't know how many people have a copy of that, how many cleaners, how many maintenance people. So it's just really, really best practice to make sure that you change your lock or your locks. But uh, let's talk about what kind of locks you guys put on. So what kind of lock do you guys use? We got a Schlag lock, which is great because uh, it integrates with the uh, property management software we use. Um, so that's been super convenient because it automatically sends and generates codes to our guests. 
Um, so yeah, that was one of the first thing we did install. Um, to your point, is is getting that uh, set up and configured. Ours, do, although it is a keypad, though it does have the manual lock hole. So even if your house does come with that on, I would recommend paying attention to that because a lot of people will have backup or spare keys because those locks are run on batteries and can run out. So to your point, yes, change the locks even if they're codes. Yeah, yeah. they also have, those locks also have pre-programmed codes in them, and so. Like even if all the, you know, nobody had the key, um, there's still the pre-programmed codes that people may have to those locks too. So it's just, there are multiple layers of um, security things that you need to think about in terms of switching your locks over. Yeah, that's that's my recommendation too. The encode or encode, I'm not entirely sure how you say it. I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce schlag or schlag or however <laughs> it is either. So Either way is fine. But, yeah. so, Blage, uh, blage. Yeah, no, I didn't. That's, that's a new one. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. So, yeah. Cool. Who knows? I, I prefer not to know at this point. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, <Steering>. uh, <laughs> I think that's kind of the industry standard. There's a few other ones that people use. Uh, there's August. Uh, we had on one of ours for a while a Yale Plus Nest that worked all right, but we did end up switching that over to the Schlage Schlag Schlage. Schlage. Um, and uh that's that's my favorite there's uh, i said august uh, there's another one resort lock that people like but uh for a while there it was you could not get an encode encode from anywhere they were hundreds and hundreds of dollars more than uh, it was during covid or you, when you couldn't get them but that's that's my recommendation is you you do have to have a smart lock you guys cannot be trying to do the hard copy key thing <clears throat> But um, that's my recommendation. But you do need to have, however, speaking of hard copy keys, things can happen like batteries can die in smart locks. So you need to have a hard copy key hidden in a coded key box somewhere on the property in case that happens. We had a guest one time who in the middle of the night was so hammered that she ran the lock out of batteries because she was one eyeballing it and just couldn't get it right. And uh, she tried so many times that that she ran the lock out of batteries and that was bad because we were asleep and didn't see it. So having the uh, hard copy on site does not help if you're asleep, but uh, you really do need to have that. Maybe two, maybe two separate ones. What do you guys think? Yeah, we uh, have a spare. Uh, we're going to put another one out there just in case, but um yeah definitely a good idea i mean if you don't have a, a spare key out there and it runs out of battery you have no other way of getting in so yeah i have a mechanical lockbox right next to all my doors yeah. um that has a, a key in it i also i had a very hammered guest uh break my french door glass trying to get back in the property because they couldn't figure out how to walk around front and put the code in <laughs> and they pan and they panicked and they broke through my French door glass to get back in the property. In the back? In the back, yeah. Mm. Wow. Good solution. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I don't think I've ever been drunk enough to to forget I, how to go to the to check the other door. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, they paid for it. Like they, you know, like hey, this happened and but if wow. You're, if you're that drunk, just do what you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about a few other pieces of tech hardware that you might need. So the next one that kind of goes along with this is a ring cam. I mean, it doesn't have to be a ring. I use rings. What do you guys use? We went with Eufy. Um, that was the the reason we did that is because you don't have to pay a subscription for it. Um, so it's all free. You just get an account, you get access, you get a certain amount of storage. I forget how much exactly, but 
I can like go back and see, um, you know, events in, in the camera. Anytime a, a human pops up in the camera, it'll send you like an alert. And so you can kind of see when your guests arrive and stuff like that. And, and it's nice to just go back. You can look at the history of like when your cleaners arrive, when they leave and stuff. So you can kind of get timestamps for logging time of, of people coming in your house for kind of tax audit purposes and all that stuff. So that's been really nice and it's free other than buying the product. Yeah. And we just put that at our front door. We were going to put some around back, but we have a bunch of amenities out there and felt like for privacy purposes, we didn't want it constantly recording guests or making them feel uncomfortable. So we just have it out front. Um, that covers the entire property uh, looking out and that's all we put them in. I know some people do put them around their house have multiples and usually disclose that to guests, but we decided against it. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure the exact wording of the terms and of uh, terms and conditions on Airbnb, but I think that you might only be allowed to put it in the front. I know, especially if you have like a pool or a hot tub in the back, you really can't because that is really creepy. But <laughs> and of course, you can't put them inside because that's again really right. creepy. Um, but I think you might only be able to put them out front. Don't quote me on that, but that's that's where we have ours out front. And, you know, y'all don't stare at your cameras all day. I see a lot of people who put themselves through a lot of emotional anguish by staring at their cameras all day and like, oh my God, they snuck in and one extra person or, you know, something that probably is not going to ruin the house or or burn it down by itself. Uh, I, I like to keep the cameras more so to refer back to for any, if, if anything happens or, you know, like you said, monitoring cleaners, things like that. But if you stare at your cameras all day, like your own personal soap opera, you are going to have drama in your life, whether it needs to be there or not. So I think it's best to just try to not, not keep, keep too close of an eye on that. But what do you guys think? <laughs> I agree. I uh, I don't even have the notifications popped to my phone. I I only use my cameras if I have to go back and uh, figure something out that happened. But other than that, I'd I literally don't know when people show up to my places and when they leave, unless I have to. We'd have to apologize to our first guests. We we watched them and we were very excited. So we were <laughs> what they were all about. And they're like, oh, they got <laughs> the case is awesome. Like, this is exactly what we wanted. <laughs> so, yeah. Awesome. Uh, okay. Let's talk back and forth. So like if they couldn't get in or their code wasn't working, they actually could communicate with us, mm -hmm. which is nice for managing properties remote. No one's ever used it so far, but it is a thing that it does have. Yeah. My properties have ring cameras too and are able to do that. So yeah, yeah I'll tell you a, a what not to do story about a past client of ours. So <laughs> she had, you know, on rings, you know, you can talk to them. And there was a, a guest that she had. It was nighttime. And I know that it can be common for males to sometimes pee outside. And one of them <laughs> went outside and peed off the front porch. And she hit the button and was like telling him to stop peeing off the front porch while she was, <laughs> you know, while he was doing it, which I could see how you would feel extremely violated if that happened. Yeah. So again, that's a pretty good example of, you know, don't watch your cameras. That wasn't going to hurt anything. Like, yeah, it's gross. Do I want people peeing in my driveway? Probably not. But is it going to hurt me or anyone else uh, if you don't happen to see it? So don't do that, guys. Don't yell at guests through your ring camera. <laughs> Pro tip <laughs> that should not be. So, okay, let's talk about the third piece of hardware that you need. 
and that is your smart thermostat. So what do you guys use for those? We actually don't have one. We have electric heat and there are these little registers in each room and they have their own thermostats. And I don't think there's smart technology for those things yet. So we don't have it. We have our cleaners set our thermostats back to 70 every time for turnover as part of their cleaning checklist. So we don't have a smart thermostat, unfortunately. But you do. I also, I don't either. I uh, I had one and it gave me fits and I gave up on it and decided that the extra power or whatever uh, electrical charge was for my guests to do whatever they want. with. I mean, I, I, I put it in. <laughs> do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> I put it in my, uh, you know, my welcome message. Hey, you know, don't do this or the AC is going to freeze up or, you know, you know, don't turn the heat up above whatever. But if they do, I, you know, I would never know. And they would enjoy super cold or super hot if they wanted to. So, <laughs> so well, what, what gave you fits about it? Um, I can't remember. It was a long time ago. Um, I just know that it wasn't something that I felt like I wanted to mess with or manage. And I think it was like guests asking for like lower than what it was programmed for or higher than what it was programmed for. And it was just a series of messaging that I didn't really want to uh, engage in. So I just swapped it out for a non-spark thermostat. <laughs> a dumb thermostat. A dumb thermostat, yes. Okay, got it, got it. So for us, we use the Honeywell T9s. I'm not affiliated. I don't get paid for saying that or anything like that. It just seems to be, it It doesn't, so a lot of people want to use Nest because that's like the brand name in smart thermostats. But the problem with that for a short-term rental is it's nests are built to learn your patterns. And that works great in a house that you live in all the time. But when you have different people coming in and out all the time, there's no patterns to learn. So it can get tricky. So we just use it to, you know, make sure the temperature is what it needs to be when people aren't in there. We let them do with quote wet. We let them do what they want to do with the temperature when they're there. But we, you know, we do say, well, if you run the fireplace and the air conditioner at the same time, you're going to have a problem. Um, so, you know, we try to guide them not to do dumb things, but, you know, they're, it's like a hotel they're renting. We're not going to tell them what to do. And we certainly don't mess with it while they're in there. I've heard some hosts who are like, oh my God, they have it up to 75. I'm turning it down. I think that's a recipe for a disaster. <laughs> so my advice would be not to do that. Anything else on on smart or dumb thermostats before we move on? No, no. we're old school. Yeah. Okay. How about smart TVs? We use those. We don't do cable. Um, just not worth the expense these days. But uh, we have, I think, Samsung TVs. Uh, so it has its own kind of platform for apps and all that stuff. Um, similar to like a Roku and uh, we have two TVs in the house, both of the same um, model and stuff. And so we downloaded all like the apps, all the standard kind of streaming services, and we don't provide an account or anything like that. We just have guests log in to whatever they want. Same. I use Roku um, and I use guest mode and yep. they log into whatever they want. And then when they leave, it logs them out. Yep, I agree. And I think I think you got to get Roku TVs, like the Roku smart TVs, not not the sticks. I mean, the sticks work too, but they tend to get up and walk away. And then that way, the the remotes for those are interchangeable. So if they get mixed up or one's in a bedroom and you know gets mixed up with the one in the living room, it'll still work. So I think that eliminates a lot of problems with, oh, I can't get the remote to work. Or I mean, if people can still potentially not understand how to work the remote, but it eliminates a lot of those those types of problems of having remotes in the wrong rooms and things like that. Nice. Yeah. 
the only yeah i do state in my listing that it is a roku tv and then it's only only has streaming uh for the occasional person that wants to watch a football game or something and uh wants live tv or cable so uh that's just something to note in terms of smart tvs sometimes you can't get the game unless you have the cable channel right or like youtube tv or something yeah i didn't know yeah, that's, made TVs. that's that's interesting well yeah. so they're so yeah like they're cheap or whatever oh god yeah they're yeah. a different brand but they're they have it built in instead of the stick so you don't have to um worry about people moving the stick or taking the stick or yeah. it coming unhooked all right so let's talk i think that's the last piece of technological hardware right guys is there anything else that you guys use you use like noise monitors or anything or is that not really a thing here no mm -hmm. yes yeah. yeah, not a thing anywhere i own either uh okay then so let's move on to sheets and towels so how many sets of each of these things and by set i mean what you would put out for one stay how many sets do you keep? I think we have, let's see, sheets. We've got two um, per bedroom, per bed. And we're kind of thinking we might want to have three just to have. Um, yeah, I think that's smart. Sorry. We had a little laundry snafu with our new washer and dryer. Um, <laughs> so our cleaning ladies, I mean, thank goodness we had a backup and we had people that were able to get it working. But yeah, if it drug out any longer than that and spanned a guest or two, uh, we would have been a little out of luck. So it's probably smart to have um, a handful of backups just for those off chances that something goes wrong. Yeah, we do three sets of everything. So you've got one set out for the next guest, one set in the closet in case you need it. And then one set, you know, whatever the dirty set is that the cleaners have taken to go wash. Um, so we've had situations before where something this was more further in the past when we weren't as automated as we are now and the property management software was not what it is now and we forgot to alert our cleaner of a clean and so we called her last minute said oh my gosh the guest is there it's not clean and so she didn't have any of our laundry with her because she wasn't planning on cleaning our place that day but you've got to have one a backup at the property in case something like that ever happens. So she can come in and do everything she needs to do. And she isn't like, oh crap, let me run home an hour and get get the laundry. So you always want to have, I would say at least three, but maybe more. Yeah, it's less about the guests potentially needing to use two sets of sheets or two towels and more that like if you can't for whatever reason wash uh, the towels or the sheets after guests, being able to just throw on your spares and not have to worry about laundry at all if you're in a you know pickle. Is, is the idea. Yeah. What is your cleaner? And a lot of times I follow my cleaners lead on this. Like how, how many of them do you want me to have? I have at least three or how many, and let's talk about towels now. So again, I follow my cleaners lead here. How many towels do you have out? Whether it's towels, hand towels, uh, almost said wash rag. That is very Southern of me. Wash rag, um, <laughs> washcloth, or how many of those do you have out per bathroom? I think we put out like at least one, we have out one towel, but I don't think we were like gatekeep our towels. Like they're all in like the linen closet. If somebody really, you know, wanted a fresh towel for every time they bathed. Um, and I'd say we just like, with washcloths and hand towels, you know, we put one hand towel on the thing in the cabinet under the sink. There's additional ones if they need them. Yeah. Um, I don't think we really necessarily like leave out the washcloths again. They're in the bathroom for guests if they need them. Yeah. But I feel, I feel really uh, spoiled because my cleaners take care of all of that. And I don't, 
I uh, they send a text and say, and you know, hey, we need more sheets, and then I send more sheets. Um, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know how many uh, uh, sets of sheets I have or towels I have or any of that stuff because <laughs> my cleaner takes care of it and I get decent reviews. So um, I figure we're all good. There you go. Okay, well, let's talk about something else that I let my cleaner dictate. What color? <laughs> towels and sheets do you get? So there's two schools of thought. I think there's the white school of thought, which I belong to. I want everything to be white because I think it looks nicer. It looks like a nice hotel, but I've had cleaners say, uh, I don't, I, that will say, I want it to be white so that we can bleach it. But then I've had the other school of thought of cleaners where they say, yeah, white looks the best, but no matter how much you bleach it, sometimes it's still dingy. And so we would prefer that you have like a light gray or like a khaki color. So I kind of let them be the boss of that. But what do you, what do you guys do? We just didn't put it. Yeah. I hate them both. (laughs) (laughs) The white ones get stained (laughs) and the the gray ones get like the bleach stains or like the makeup remover stains or whatever they are on them. And, um, so both either way, like, I don't think it matters. I mean, and so I, I tend to go with white just because um, if it doesn't matter, then I prefer it to be more like a hotel. Um, you know, I've had cleaners try to talk me into the gray and, you know, a month later we have to replace towels because they have those, I think it's makeup remover. I don't know what it is, but it's, uh, and I've even provided the makeup remover, like um, wipes and things like that and still just get, end up with stained gray towels. So, yeah, there is an ingredient in that in like a lot of face wash that will bleach it. It's not salicylic acid. I know Proactive has it because when I was in high school, I used that and it used to mess up my mom's towels really bad. But uh, yeah, it's one of those. Um, Go ahead. Did you have a thing to add, Alyssa? I was just saying we do have um, we use white and then we have like a black or darker colored towel that we put in the bathrooms as well for like people that are using makeup or washing their face to use that. Um, instead, so they aren't staining with makeup or foundation or those things on our white towels. What they actually do, I don't know, but we do provide that. <laughs> they do say makeup on them, so hopefully yes. they get the idea. Yeah, and you know what I think is awesome? Uh, they make small packs of makeup remover wipes nowadays, and I prefer, I mean, if I'm, anytime I'm taking makeup off, I'm using a makeup remover wipe first, but before I wash my face. So those are two different things to me. Anyway, I don't know how everyone else is, but the times that I've been that and contact solution are the two things that I always forget. And I've always been psyched when I get into a place and I'm like, Oh sweet. They have makeup remover wipes. And I think that that is better than the black makeup towels, which we have those two, but because they're actually like rubbing all of their makeup off with it before, you know, and there's pressure and it's not just a washing of the face before they ever touch your towels. So I think those will save your towels in a lot of cases of the makeup wipes. So pro tip. <laughs> um, all right. So we talked about number of sheets and towels. So let's talk about the rest of the house. Let's talk about the kitchen because this is an important one. And this is a big, sorry, I almost knocked my mic over, a uh, point of contention with hosts. So what are we doing for coffee and coffee maker. We have a Keurig and we provide the K-cups for them. Oh, you provide the K-cups. Mm-hmm. Those are expensive. What about you, Doug? I do the same after a long kind of journey in the coffee world. Um, and coffee is very important in Washington State. And so um, yeah, definitely Washington State properties, I would lean towards providing. But I've started doing that in Florida too. Um, 
the Keurig with the K-Cups, mainly to just uh, eliminate something from the shopping list for guests. So, um, or at least initially, like I know when I go to a place and I arrive at one in the morning or whatever, and I get up the next morning, I have to have my coffee. And so um, it just makes sense to me to provide them. But I've done everything from Keurigs to drip to both to just drip or just Keurig. I've run the gamut on the copy. Yeah. The other thing with Ashford is uh, there's no grocery store. There's kind of a market and uh, I don't even know if they have um, K cups or anything like that. They might have normal ground coffee, but um, so that's kind of part of the reason too, unless people are shopping, you know, near their home and bringing all that stuff up, there might not be a K cup option in the area. So we just provide them. Or they'd be $20 at that store. Yeah. 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 I think whichever thing you do. So we do a, a dual thing with the cake up on one side mm-hmm. and the drip on the other side, just because you never know. And, uh, but I think it's really important and we can talk about getting, making sure you have a digital guidebook later, like touch day, but making sure they know that up front, because like, like Doug said, you don't want to be coming into a place at one o'clock in the morning and have gotten the wrong coffee. Because normally when I'm, I'm the only coffee drinker, well, Luke drinks decaf, which is really annoying, but um, I'm the main coffee drinker. I'm the only one who drinks real coffee and there's nothing worse than coming in somewhere late, dragging the kids through the grocery store on the way there. So I don't have to make another trip and coming in to find I got the wrong kind of coffee for the wrong kind of machine. So make sure that they know what you have up front so that they don't make that mistake. So let's talk about what else we stock in the kitchen in terms of food items. So I am a strictly coffee grounds, maybe, um, or dry, some dry spices. We get those like the spinny, man, my vocabulary is off today. Uh, (laughs) The rotating spice racks from Amazon that just has them pre pre pre-stocked. And then we'll have some individual pack packets of like non-dairy creamer and sweetener. So all individual packets of stuff, but not anything that you would be like potentially sharing with somebody else other than the dry spices. But I'd like to hear what you guys do. Same, just without the creamer. We don't do that. Um, But just the coffee, the spices, and that's it. I would add uh, olive oil and salt and pepper. Yeah. Do we have olive oil? We might. Yeah. 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 I I just have my cleaner check on that occasionally and add some if needed. But um People seem to appreciate that. Yeah. Cool. And let's talk about other things that we have in the kitchen. So I see people, I saw a guy on one of the big Airbnb, VRBO Facebook groups, post a picture of a, a, like a nonstick pan with egg all stuck to it, like really bad, like everywhere. And he was like, oh, this is why you can't stock shitty pans in your, in your Airbnb. And everybody was like, my dude, you just have the heat on too high. Or like, could I suggest some oil? So, mm-hmm. but it got me thinking about like, you know, <laughs> what what level of niceness should you stock? And for us, it's like target nonstick. But what do you guys do? Well, I honestly don't even remember what pans we got, but we've had this whole pan saga at our own house on like trying to find a good pan that doesn't have everything stick to it. Or like the nonstick eventually comes up. And we've actually found the easiest are stainless steel because you can use one of those like um, steel wool scrubbing pads. They're really durable. I feel like those have been great rather than like the nonstick. I feel like over time can sometimes end up looking a little rowdy if people are cooking with utensils and different things like that. So um, 
like I said, I don't remember what we use, but if we bought new pans again, I would a hundred percent do the stainless steel. Yeah. I think that's like what they use in restaurants just because they're so durable, but we just got all of our stuff from Costco, similar to like target. We just would trust that it's good value and good quality. So yeah, I love stainless steel, but a lot of people don't understand how to preheat those right. And then they still end up with it sticking. <laughs> so that's like, I'm a huge fan, but I probably won't put them in my rentals just for that reason, because people don't understand, Hey, it is nonstick. Technically it's, you know, it's not the coating, but you have to do it right in order for it to be like that. Right. Yes. The preheat's critical for sure. <laughs> yeah. No, I use like Costco nonsticks, um, but I, the, the Kirkland brand, not like um, the Calphalon or whatever, but and then it seems like every time I visit one of my properties, I try to go maybe two times a year to each property. I end up replacing pots and pans and I end up replacing pillows. Like those are two. And my wife calls me a pillow snub, um, but I, <laughs> I got to I got to have good pillows. But um, those are two things I like. I just count them as a uh, cost of doing business. And like the nonstick is always wearing off. I don't care if I bought them two months ago. Like. <laughs> it, it'll, it'll be wearing off and the pillow will be flat so <laughs> high standards yeah anything we want to make sure we have here that you know maybe you wouldn't think about I like I think a slow cooker is critical in markets where it's going to be cold at times I think people love to have that option of let me put a roast in all day and we're going to go out and be in the the cloudy rainy uh Pacific Northwest and come home and have like a nice roast but what do you guys think wow for not liking the cold you nailed that yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know you can talk to that we don't have a we may need to get one of those but we just wanted to have Basically anything and everything a normal kitchen might have, um, including like Tupperware and stuff. So if they're making a big family meal and have leftovers and stuff like that, um, they'd get everything they need minus the slow cooker. Yeah. One thing I try, I try and keep on hand and it's hard and I have my cleaners kind of watch for it with the olive oil and the salt and pepper, but it's uh, storage bags mm-hmm. um, or some, t- some kind of food storage. Like um, I know in places I've been to, it's, you know, we always have leftovers and we never have a, a way to, to store them. So. That's one of the things I've started doing. Yeah, I think that is that is nice. I've when I've stayed in places before and had even if we just ordered in and I've been like, oh, man, you know, my kids only ate three bites of this macaroni and cheese. It's nice to have that available to be able to because, you know, you're not keeping an entire fridge worth of stuff usually when you're on vacation for them to snack on Mm -hmm. and things. So I've always appreciated when I found that they had food storage containers. So. I think that's an important one too. All right. So let's see anything else that we feel like we need to have. We need to remember to put uh, definitely corkscrews, wine openers, beer, bottle openers. Very important. There's nothing worse to a wine drinker than not being able to find a corkscrew. <laughs> um, anything Cutting else? Board. Cutting board. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very important. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. We've got a little like bar thing with kind of all the alcohol related accoutrement, but yeah, that's about it. Trying to think what else in a kitchen, uh, you want to make sure you have wine glasses for wine people. They do not, you don't want to be having them. I mean, a lot of people if don't care, but, and will drink wine out of a coffee mug, but you want to have wine glasses for them. 
(laughs) (laughs) Make sure you do. And there's a really cool brand. I can't remember what it's called, but we have some like, they're actually plastic and stemless. So they're really hard to break because that's the main problem with wine glasses. You can like break them going through the dishwasher and stuff and they just break so easy, but there's ways around that. Some plastic tumblers that don't have a stem, but you got to have them. And trying to think of anything else, make sure you have enough um, pot holders, things like that. But, you know, like you're stocking your kitchen in your house. Uh, Let's go back to the beginning. We probably should have talked about this at the beginning. Professional photos. How important are good photos to your listing? I think they're crucial. Um, We got them done, um, you know, with the online thing these days, like you have your first like five photos to kind of capture somebody in and grab their attention. And if those aren't great, um, people are just going to keep scrolling past because there's other options. So yeah. we've put a lot of value on that and definitely went that route. Yeah. Only, are they so much nicer quality, but they're being taken by a professional who knows the lighting and all the tricks and stuff like that. It's amazing when I was just going around taking photos to like show our family and friends and stuff versus like what they do with lighting techniques and all that stuff. It's just amazing the difference. Um, so yeah, it's crucial. I'd say. Yeah, totally, totally agree with that. Cause people will be like, Oh, but the iPhone 15 has a blah, 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 blah camera. Yeah. But you're not a way you're not in like a what's uh, why, why is my vocabulary gone today? It's Cause I haven't done, I haven't recorded much today, but you're not and I want to say an educated, you're not a trained, that's the word I'm looking for. You're not a trained <laughs> professional. Like you're not an educated photographer. You're not a trained professional photographer who knows how to do the light right, knows how to do the perspective right. I don't know how to do that. I can buy a nice camera, but that doesn't make me a nice photographer. Right. So I think that's really important. And I see a lot of people think, well, oh no, my camera's great, but you are not great necessarily, Maybe, <laughs> but probably not. So really, really important to get professional photos in any market, not just this market. And and pay the money for them, like pay the money for the person that has the portfolio online that is above and beyond everybody else. Like I, I've tried to, you know, to hire the cheaper photo- professional photographer um, and then I ended up getting a whole new set of pictures just because the cheap ones didn't stand out like I wanted them to. So. Mm-hmm. Spend, spend the money on them. I honestly think you'd probably get the money back pretty quickly with the amount of guests that you have stay there. You know, you can make something that looks that's okay look really great with Photoshop and things like that, you know, adjusting um the filters and things like that. So yeah, I think you get the money back pretty quick. I yeah, agree. I agree also. So let's talk about decor overall. So how, I don't want to say over the top, but is this a market where we have to go over the top with decor or is this a market where we don't have to go like, you know, we're doing full accent walls all the time and everything has to be like, it would impress any uh, designer who happens to walk by our house or are we just going with the cute, clean, comfortable route? Probably. I mean, both, uh, I think cute, clean, comfortable is enough. Um, especially in this market because there's a good amount of kind of older rundown places that you see um but uh i think it's nice to have a touch of just different accents and decor um that kind of complement the you know the region and and the national park and pacific northwest and stuff like that so we picked like all of our colors and kind of accents to kind of complement the surrounding area um we did some like accent walls in each of the bedroom kind of put themes to them and stuff so 
I think that's fun for people who are visiting. It's something obviously they'd never have at their own house. And so it makes it kind of a unique stay. Um, I wouldn't think we went over the top with it, but you know, I don't think anyone's wanting to go in and see just a bunch of tacky, like crazy decor everywhere and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. And I would say in each of the Washington markets, like cute, clean, comfortable is going to do just fine. Um, there are plenty of properties that are not even that. Um, and so <laughs> that's, you know, that's going to get you above a lot of other hosts. Um, and then if you take a couple steps further and just uh, have some nice details, um, you know, that's going to set you apart from the other hosts that are um, quality hosts. So we really put a lot of emphasis on the design. You know, we went affordable, but we still wanted to add some touches that we felt like would separate us from, you know, some of the other places in the area. We wanted to give our guests an experience that was either above what they're used to at home that would really kind of help them gravitate towards our place for somebody else. So we really emphasized that and wanted to add some accents. But like Doug mentioned, I think you would do just fine with cute and comfortable. Gotcha. So last but not least, let's talk about the tech software. So specifically three things, a pricing tool, the property management software that you guys use, and a digital guidebook. So we use all three. We do a touch stay for the digital guidebook. So that's got anything and everything from directions to how to use everything in the house to uh, expectations and house rules and also local recommendations. Um, we use Guesty for our property management software. Um, I think we went that route because it uh, it integrated with the schlag schlag slage um, <laughs> lock and so that was really kind of the biggest thing that stood out for us um and very convenient but i think they're all great and then we use price labs for dynamic pricing yep I, great stack. yeah i use hospitable and price labs i am not on the touch day bandwagon yet I just, oh you got to do it mostly because i started and then uh, i got busy with something else and then i never got back to it and my <laughs> reviews happen. have been my reviews have been fine so it's like eh, i'll get to it but i haven't it's a while yeah. to put together but i kind of was i actually checked right before this i was like i don't know if anyone's even seeing that and then i pulled it up i was like and then i wasn't even sure if you could see who's viewed it and stuff and so i went onto the website and surely enough it said there'd been 72 views on oh wow that's yeah. a lot way more than i would expect so people are seeing it yeah i love it because that's how you know the things you need to know before you get there that you may not want to bother the host with like hey what kind of coffee do you have um you know all, all of those little things are like is there doordash there is there instacart uh all that stuff is super helpful to know up front but probably not something that i'm gonna bother a host with when i'm staying there mm -hmm. all right so is there anything else that we haven't touched on about setting up a place here that you think our listeners would benefit from hearing um i don't think so i guess the last piece of technology we use i don't know if you guys talk about accounting softwares but I found one called REI Hub. That's like a specific real estate investing software. So everything's all like pre-configured and they have like custom reports for like cash on cash and things that oh, cool. uh, real estate investors like to see. So that was cool too. It's very easy and intuitive. Oh, I had not heard of that. I'm going to take a look. It felt like it was new because I'd never, I didn't see any like articles about it or anything like that. I know people use QuickBooks, but anyway, that's another one. Yeah. I will definitely check that out. 
Well, listeners, if you're ready to buy something in the Pacific Northwest with Doug, you can email us at agents at the shop.com and we will hook you up with him. Or if you just want to learn more about real estate investing or hang out with us a little bit, a little bit, you can do that in our Facebook group. It is the same title as my book behind me, Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth. We're just in there talking about short-term rentals and hanging out all day. Or if you have specific questions that you want to ask us, we have a live Q&A call every Thursday. You can sign up for that at strquestions.com. Thanks, everyone.